This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios when you want the ability to adjust your loan options in real time. Remember, Rocket can. Also, and I'm going to do this for Connor, time to go into Jim Nance voice. Three, two, one. This weekend on CBS, the PGA Tour heads to Pebble Beach where some of the best golfers in the world will be competing at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Coverage begins today at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific on CBS. Scale of 1 to 10, Connor, how good was that? That was an 11, Ken. Woo! 855-2124-CBS. Get into the phones here in a minute. When it comes to J.J. Watt, I got a lot to get in in a short amount of time. Some of I'm supposed to fit in, work, or shoot. That might get scrapped. I got I to gotta rank Tom Brady's Super Bowls. Tom Brady's giving people ideas. J.J. Watt is on his way out of Houston, and he might be his way in somewhere else. And I started a thought on Urban Meyer. Then we took Matt Tift, who's the co-owner, co-owner of, the, of the number 78 Ford Mustang in the NASCAR Cup Series. We took him. He was fantastic. Hear that interview, CBSSportsRadio.com. We got a lot to get into because I got to finish my thought on Urban. Got to finish my thoughts on all this stuff. So there's a lot to get to, plus I got to get to your calls. J.J. Watt, and going back on some of the calls that we had about J.J., and I did not realize it was going to get this hot and this heavy today about J.J. Watt here on the phones. I think he's got to make a choice between family and glory. Because, again, when he first when, when the news first got broke, I wrote down teams real quick, and I knew that Pittsburgh was going to be on that list, and I knew that that Chicago was going to be on that list because family's very important to J.J. Watt. Obviously, he's made a big deal about it. They're in Subway commercials together. Of course, it's a big, big deal to the guy. This isn't like Aaron Rodgers and his family. This this guy's tight with his group. For J.J. Watt, he, he has a great decision to make, but it's also, it could be a fateful one. At 32 years old, with the amount of injuries that he's had, he has to think about if he wants glory or he wants family. And if he picks family, I'm not going to criticize him. If he picks family, this is a man who has everything that, that anybody could ever dream of. If I were to criticize J.J. Watt, if he went to Pittsburgh or Chicago, two teams that I do not think as of right now can win Super Bowl 56. And I don't think it's going to get any better in how I think of these two teams by the time August comes around. If he picks those two teams, it's not a decision to be a loser. They can both be competitive football teams. But I think that he has to make a strong decision on just how bad he wants those those memories to be made. 
Because if you play with your brothers, it can be fun. You get to play pro football with your brothers. You get to actually live out a dream that so many people can try to relate to because they talk about it in their own backyards. You can try to do that, and it can be so much fun. And you can make a lifetime of memories in one year together. Something that's going to be very, very, very special to you and your family and your children and your children's children as long as you guys live and after all three of you have passed. It's something that can be really special and really cool. I can't deny that for any Steelers fan who called in. We had a guy, Steven Pittsburgh, who called in about 40 minutes ago and brought it up, says that definitely he can go to the Steelers, definitely he can win with the Steelers. And I know that Steve's a big Steelers fan, and, buddy, I can't even apologize to you because I don't like to say I'm sorry and then start off things railing against your football team, but I don't think that there's any chance that I could see the Pittsburgh Steelers winning Super Bowl 56. And that's not just my perspective. I think that's where a lot of people stand on it. You have to make serious decisions across your offensive line. You can say, and and Steven Pittsburgh did, say that, well, you know, they didn't have a lot of time to practice together, and and Mike Tomlin brought that up. Mm -hmm. Mike Tomlin did bring that up. But I don't think you're going to have a lot of chances to practice together anyway because you're going to have to make a lot of changes across that offensive line. What are you going to do with Matt Filer? Right now, I, I love Kevin Dotson on that offensive line. He's been a really great football player for you, but you made a weird decision at the end of the season to to kick out Kevin Dotson, and you can try to frame it however you want, but I still would rather have Kevin Dotson than a guy like Matt Filer coming back from an injury. Alejandro Villanueva is not the same. I blinked, and all of a sudden, David DeCastro is an old man. Marquise Pouncey retired yesterday. Oh, by the way, you got a 37-year-old quarterback who decided to put on 40 pounds as the season went on last year. Other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? I mean, there's a lot of things that are not going very well for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You have up to 20 guys that could be free agents. The defense could look completely different. And if you put J.J. Watt on that defense, he's still a good football player. There is still something called the Steelers' mystique where you put a player in a Steeler uniform and immediately they just they look better because the Steelers have been good for the last 50 years, at least in my head. The Steelers have been good basically my entire life. In the 80s, I know things got a little bit lean, but it's still the Steelers. Now there's a chance where it could not be that way. And you sign J.J. Watt. If you were to sign J.J. Watt, I think he'd be a great influence but it could get frustrating. You have the cap situation, the other free agents I talked about. You have the Big Ben situation I talked about. And at the end of this year, just like two years ago, you had questions about your culture. And I still bring up with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't understand how it is, but it seems to be that way. Anytime Ben Roethlisberger's playing, I get questions about your culture. How is that possible over the last four years? And really six, seven years now that you break it down, if we want to go back to the loss against Jacksonville, if we want to go back to what happened last year where you were 8-8, eight and eight, you had Mason Rudolph, you had Duck Hodges playing quarterback for you, and you were the darlings of the NFL. Everybody loved you. Everybody loved Mike Tomlin. You were as cohesive of a unit as you could find. Nobody was annoyed by Juju Smith-Schuster. Everybody liked him. You go to this year, Ben Roethlisberger is going with what he sees. He's doing what a learned, rugged, old quarterback would do until they got a lead against Tennessee, and I never saw that Ben Roethlisberger again. Second half, Tennessee came back. Ben Roethlisberger started throwing all over the place, forcing himself into bad decisions, forcing bad picks, forcing things for the rest of the year. We didn't know who was calling the offense, whether it was Randy Feetner, whether it was Matt Canada, whether it was Ben Roethlisberger. 
he went vintage. And so for J.J. Watt, you can play with your brothers and make a lifetime of memories in one year. But there is a risk that that could turn into a tough situation, could turn into a frustrating situation. But I'm sure T.J. Watt has told J.J. about that. They're brothers and they're very close. I'm sure they've had more conversations about that than what I'm telling you about it. So we have to remain have, have some common sense about this. Or you can go to the contenders. Green Bay, Tampa Bay, like I said, even though I just picked against Tampa Bay for 2021. Kansas City, Baltimore, Tennessee. I think Tennessee's a nice one. I I, I really think Mike Vrabel drew a line in the sand with the bump up of the defensive line or the, the linebacker coach to the defensive coordinator. I think he drew a line in the sand about he thinks it's the system that's fine. He questioned the personnel. I think J.J. Watt can play in any system at 35 to 40 snaps a game, just like what Randy Cross said. Hear more of that interview, CBSSportsRadio.com. Cowboys are an interesting one, maybe just because it's still Texas, maybe because it's Dallas. But I think you can do a lot with, with Dak Prescott, but I wouldn't put them in the contenders category just yet. Titles aren't guaranteed. You only have so much time left. And so you have to answer, these things are hard. It's a Super Bowl. Tom Brady makes it look easy, and it's such a shame because we're going to use him to categorize other great quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers in any other generation probably wins multiple Super Bowls. Same thing with Drew Brees, same thing with a lot of quarterbacks out there, but Tom Brady's the greatest to ever play the position. They're not easy to win. They're really meant, and the game of football is meant for you to lose because there's so many pieces running in so many different directions. So you can play for a contender. You have a chance to win a Super Bowl. But if you don't win, you'd be in the same spot where? That you'd be in Pittsburgh. Would you have the same fulfillment playing with those teams, making the playoffs, maybe making a deep run, but losing ultimately? If you guard against the loss, would you have the same type of fulfillment that you would have if you got to play with your brothers? That's something J.J. Watt has to figure out. The situation with the misses, if he wants to go play in Chicago, God bless him. God bless them both. Hope they find success and happiness, and I hope that he finds some success and happiness playing for the Chicago Bears. I would not say they're a contender, but that's a relationship between he and his wife, and I, you know how I stand about it. I don't want to bring in Patrick Mahomes' fiance about things. I'm not talking about spouses. If he wants to make that decision, he can go right on ahead. He's made more than enough money. If he wants to be supportive and be with his wife and play and try to have some fun in Chicago, please, by all means, go and do it. So he has a very tough decision to make because on one hand, no, I I don't think I'd want to play in Pittsburgh considering I don't see them as a very serious contender in 2021, but it is with his brother. But if you end up playing for Green Bay or any one of those other contenders, damn, you got to win a Super Bowl. You have to because that's the only way I think it would pay off to where you would be fine with not getting to play with TJ and Derek if you're JJ. 855-2124-CBS. Let me go to Jordan in Indiana. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Hello, Jordan. Hey, Ken. How you doing? Doing wonderful, friend. Go ahead. Hey, I just wondered what you thought of J.J. Watt going to Arizona. They just, they're getting close. They're an up-and-coming team. I don't think they can make Super Bowl 56, but maybe with another you piece You Cardinals fan? You Cardinals fan? Yep. 
talk with me about this for a second, okay, Jordan? I'm worried. I'm worried about Arizona. I'm worried that, that Cliff Kingsbury's drying up. I don't like some of the decisions that he's made. I think that he's putting a little bit too much on he's put a little bit too much on Kyler Murray in year two. I think he's actually exposed Kyler Murray in year two, and I wonder about year three. I want your thoughts. Tell me I'm wrong, please. I don't know. I do some of the decisions he made. I had a struggle with it, but I do think he's still a good offensive coach. And I think, I don't know. I think with a few more, if they get a few more weapons on there, they can do some good. They could. They certainly. I'm not giving up on Kyler. Some people were nasty about Kyler Murray. I'm not. I. I Bob yeah. more nasty about Cliff Kingsbury. Some of this stuff. I. Some of that stuff. I think Jordan. And thank you for the call. Some of that stuff. I think is a shell game. And to him to go to Arizona. Do I consider them one of the main contenders? They could do some things this year, but would I put them in my top five to be a Super Bowl contender for Super Bowl 56? Absolutely not. No. And so if you're going to play for a team that is not at that elite level that can make that jump that you really believe can, then I don't think you do that. I think you maybe go sign with your brothers or go go play in Chicago or do something else for your fulfillment. I think playoff teams and I think division round playoff teams, they have an argument to make. And I think that if he were to wait on Deshaun Watson to see what were to happen with Deshaun Watson, I think that's another category I can add into this. If Deshaun Watson ends up getting traded to the Miami Dolphins, it's going to be all systems go in Miami. I can talk about first-round picks all I want, and my fear of Deshaun Watson being traded and then just being the Houston Texans in a few years because they wouldn't have the picks to put around Deshaun. But if he got traded to the Dolphins... You're talking big boy stuff right then and there. And that might be a, a scenario where at a certainly reduced rate, if he wanted to go ring chasing with his buddy, it's it's shown that they, they seem to be very close, Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt. That's a possibility with those two. Tom in Cleveland, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Tom. Hey, Ken, how are you? Doing well. Go ahead, Tom. Hey, you know, you, you kind of just took away some of my, uh, my thunder here. Um, I would say that if Watt, does choose Pittsburgh, then he's not looking at this thing as going out, going out as a winner. Um, I think of all the teams that are in this this race for him, that's the least likely. Uh, they have situation at quarterback, the offensive line. Uh, you know, you just lost Pouncey. You're going to lose Velenueva. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it. Um, what's your thoughts on that? I I totally agree. I totally agree. And and I know his family his family's going to have to be supportive about it because. I, I just weigh so many different things. Because, Tom, and I thank you for the call. If you don't go play in Pittsburgh and you go play for somebody else and say you play in Green Bay and you don't win a Super Bowl, they've gotten as close as anybody has over the last decade and they haven't been able to punch in since the last time they were able to beat Pittsburgh. If they if they have been that close that many times, there's a possibility they can get close again and be very, very frustrating again. Would you or would you not hold it against J.J. Watt if you were his brother or his other brother I just thought of Newhart for a second. If you were J.J. or if you were T.J. or Derek or his parents or anyone else in the Watt family, would you hold it against him? No, you wouldn't. So you would be fine if he went and he has a chance to be exceptional somewhere else. If he can go and be exceptional somewhere else, go right ahead and do it. But he could also say, hey, if I just got a good enough chance to be with this team and maybe Ben Roethlisberger can talk talk him into it and maybe T.J. can talk him into it, then, yeah, go ahead and go play with your brothers. But I, myself, as an outside observer, I wouldn't think I'd give you that much of a chance. I wouldn't. 
855-212-4CBS. There's so many people want to share a lot of different stuff with us. I want to get to that. I want to get to Gary in Jacksonville because I've been wanting to finish my thoughts on Urban Meyer. We had Matt Tift, uh, NASCAR owner, earlier today at 1115, one of the local buddies of mine who owns the number 78 Ford Mustang. Hear more of that interview as they get ready for the Daytona 500, cbssports.com, Sirius XM 206, the whole shebang. We're back after this. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Nobody but you. This is the Ken Carmen Show. May I have the password, please? What the hell? Fidelio. That's right, sir. That is the password. On CBS Sports Radio. Love song by Barry White, and then you include a clip from Eyes Wide Shut coming back, Connor. I thought it was an appropriate rejoin. <laughs> Have you ever seen Eyes Wide Shut, Connor? I've seen bits and pieces. <laughs> Are you familiar with the premise of Eyes Wide Shut, Connor? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, what do you think the password is for the club that he's going to? What type of club do you think he's in that he needs the password? It's just a couple of uh, friends. It's a club with friends. Oh, that's what it is, huh? That's what it is? It's like the Elks. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, and you hang out and have oh. a few drinks. Oh, okay, yeah. The Fraternal Order of the Eagles. You need, a, you need to say Fidelio to get in there. That's all it was. This is why you're single, Connor. <laughs> you got to start with one. You can't have a team yet. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. By the way, are you trolling me about your thoughts on Daytona? Uh, a little bit, okay, but good. some of it is actually real. They start the kid. This is the big thing here. Because before, like a guy like Dale Earnhardt, and I was going to do this, but I don't know if we're going to be able to do it because we got just so much stuff to do is where I look at a guy like Tom Brady. To be an icon, like Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. Do I call him an icon? I don't think I do. I don't think I do. When I look at icons, like there's so many guys, and women too, icons are usually the greatest of all time. Not all the greatest of all time can be an icon. What was the NFL before Tom Brady? What will it be after Tom Brady? There will be more conversation about Tom Brady, but is Tom Brady the impetus for why the NFL is as powerful as it is? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think I can say that. I look at a guy like maybe J.J. Watt because of what he's done in, in Houston. He's an iconic figure. The, the, the charity work, the philanthropy, just some of the stuff that he's done has been mind-boggling. Really, it has been. When I look at icons, what they do for their sport, what they do for society, whether it be charity, whether it be just what they do in in their sport in terms of of what the country was feeling, the region was feeling, the state, the city, whatever it may be, maybe Tom Brady's an icon in Boston. Maybe he's an icon in New England. Do I find him as an icon in professional sports with the greatest. Well, he's the greatest of all time in football as a quarterback, but I don't know if I put him in that pantheon. You know, you got a guy like Ted, if we're talking about Boston sports guys, 
You look at a guy like Ted Williams. What Ted Williams did, that's that's iconic. What what Bill Russell did, that's iconic. To deal with what he dealt with, to play what he did, to do what he did for society, I think that's iconic. When I look at Tom Brady, Tom Brady has an embarrassment of riches, and yes, is the greatest of all time. Do I find him to be an icon? I don't know. Michael Jordan, greatest of all time, icon. Brought basketball out of the 70s into the 80s into the 90s took it from I love this game to this culture that changed the way we look at professional basketball that changed the way we look at the game and now what he's done the tentacles and and good and bad these these people icons can certainly be controversial figures has changed the way we thought as a society about professional basketball about the sport and when we argue about the sport now we automatically go back to what the glory days in our generation talking about who Michael Jordan Muhammad Ali, a controversial figure, icon, a man who a lot of Americans hated at one point to becoming one of the most beloved American figures of all time, an icon. Serena Williams, her sport before with women's tennis, to the overall domination, to her backstory with her and her sister and her father, iconic. And we're getting ready for Daytona tomorrow. Now, this is where I am on this. I, I put Dale Earnhardt in there. And this is still what I think what some of the problems are with where Connor, where I know he's trying to troll me, but if you're a if you're a NASCAR fan, motorsports fan in America, it's become a bit where you're looking for where your country is, or in, in what I mean by that, where's my sport? Where's it at now? Because we've had so much unrest in NASCAR over the last year, but I think it's something that's needed. You need a guy like Bubba Wallace for people like me to root for, for other people to hate. You need to do what you've done to bring in, to get rid of the flag, to bring in AstraZeneca in, to bring in some of these big-name sponsors that they're just getting that I would contend that they didn't have a chance to get in before this last year. But you also have a hearkening back to the way it was where for a lot of people, and this is where I cross generations, there are a lot of the personalities that are NASCAR drivers now that did not have the same type of upbringing as their spectators. You know, If you watch professional football on a Sunday, there's a lot of guys on that field that come from the same background you did. There are people who have the same background Serena Williams had, and they say her obtain elite success and overall dominance of her craft. You see basketball. Like Michael Jordan has incredible athleticism, incredible talent, world-changing talent. You know, and people, and this is what I hated what was said about even LeBron James. If I throw LeBron James into this mix, I find him to be iconic. Because LeBron James, while well, you could say, well, he was born on third base, he's six foot eight. Uh, if you go to a lot of areas and a lot of major cities and you go to some of those bars, if you go to the El- an Elks Lodge to put a nice pin on that one, you will start to hear the stories of guys who were incredible basketball players that were born with incredible physical talents that have the same background LeBron James did that became failures. That their backgrounds dictated what they were going to do instead of the other way around with what LeBron James has done. That's iconic. You know, when I look at a guy like Dale Earnhardt, and, and again, I say, where's the sport now for where it was before? There are a lot of people out there that 
didn't graduate high school. There's a lot of people out there that have failed marriages. There's a lot of people out there that they don't want to admit it. They might not be the father that they thought they should be. And there's a lot of people out there that maybe for one child they had, maybe they know they messed that up and they try to be a much better father or mother down the line with another child that they've had. That's the Dale Earnhardt story. That's that's as American as it gets. You know, a, a guy who's like me, who's 34 years old, who's in the Midwest, and say I'm not a talk show host, I'm a guy who works a 9-to-5, I go home and I like auto racing, a lot of the guys I'm watching, they're younger than me, it feels like it's been handed to them, and this is something that NASCAR has to fight here over the next 10 years, to, to remain relevant. People do not like NASCAR. People do not like cars as much as they used to. People don't work on their cars as much as they used to. This is this part's true, but there's also a personality in there. Where guys start racing at five years old, their dads own businesses, they get opportunities that some that most don't. And if you look at a guy like Dale Earnhardt, that guy lived a life before he became who he was. And I think that means something. You know, there's there's people that mean something. LeBron James has the same background as a lot of people who watch him. Dale Earnhardt had the same background as a lot of people who watched him. And so when we talk about icons, philanthropy, charity, social work, how good they were, how great they were, how successful they were, championships, those things can matter. Regions matter, where you're from, what city you were in. Maybe an icon in one city is not an icon in the entire country or an entire region. And there's also, where was it before to where it is now? Where is it for the future? You know, NASCAR, and for a lot of folks, and I see it all over the Internet, I, I, I open the emails, I've, I've taken the calls before. There's a lot of people who feel it died that February in 2001. So when we talk about greatest of all time, yeah, it's an easy conversation to have with a lot of these folks. Icon, that's a different story. 855-2124-CBS. I didn't even mean to do that. When we come back, all calls from here on out. Get to you guys. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Right now it's the latest sports update with Erica Herskowitz. Close the door. Let me give you what you've been waiting for. Baby, I got so much love to give, and I want to give it all to you. Connor. Close the door. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Connor, are you going after ladies tonight? What are you doing, bud? I might be. I don't know. After this song, I might be. You can't even pronounce this guy's name. Teddy Pendergrast. I, it's, no, Teddy Pendergrass. There's no T at the end. It's not Sean Pendergast. Teddy Be- Pendergast. Just to hold you in my arms. You stick with me, Connor. You'll learn something, buddy. Not just about sports, about pleasing a woman. You got me? I got you. you damn well better. 855-2124-CBS. 855-2124-227. I wanted to rank Tom Brady's. Super Bowls, I wanted to do work or shoot. I couldn't do any of it today. 
I did say that the last Super Bowl was Tom Brady's greatest. Just because he's the architect of the team, I did think that was number one. A lot of people disagreed. They thought it was the, the comeback against Atlanta. That was a great performance. Just his fingerprints are all over this one. Just for what he did with Antonio Brown, you, you got to think, Bruce Arians did not want Antonio Brown on that football team. And if Tom Brady wasn't his quarterback, Bruce Arians is not allowing Antonio Brown to be on that football team. That was a Tom Brady decision. And I was as wrong as wrong could be. Got the ball out quick. Offensive line did well. That was the worst I've ever seen Kansas City play. That was easily the worst first half I've ever seen Kansas City play since Patrick Mahomes arrived. Easily. And you can blame the refs. The refs did a terrible job. That holding call on the Tyron Matthew interception was as bad as I've seen. And some of the other ones, I thought they were bad. But I haven't seen an ass kicking like that in a long time. That's the reason why I'm going to go ahead and double down and stick to it coming up in 2021. I'm not picking Tampa Bay to repeat. Not a chance at hell. Not to me, anyway. I bet Derek in Tampa disagrees. He's next up on CBS Sports Radio. Hello, Derek. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. Okay, Licking listen, my you're not totally wrong about Kansas City, but I'm going to tell you how it is. I called it two years ago when the Patriots in Kansas City played. I said, whoever wins that game wins the Super Bowl. Patriots won. Patriots won the Super Bowl. So you Bowl. were the guy who last, said it. I said it. Okay. Kansas City, last year when Kansas City, Kansas City won, you know what I said? The huh. road to the Super Bowl from now on goes through Kansas City. Two things they need to do. Have to be healthy, keep the team together. When you have a good quarterback and elevate the team around, they forget how to do it. Tampa, uh, Tampa Brady showed he has a beautiful eye for talent, like with the uh, Brown Sager. Okay? I'm going to say that you're going to see Kansas City versus the Buccaneers next year with hopefully uh, an undefeated season if they could keep the Bucs together. Um, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa! You think that they can go undefeated in Tampa next year? I think that if they can keep the team together and the chemistry together, there's two things that happened at the Super Bowl that I saw. Mm-hmm. One, Mahomes was injured, and a lot of people didn't realize all of that. Number two, the 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 Buccaneers did two things. One, they did it the hard way, and two, they had a better team. They really had a better defense too. That made a huge difference. Uh-huh. They also had help along the way twice. Number one, if you remember the 50-yard Winston touchdown bomb during the Saints game, then later on, a couple games later, we learned how badly injured Blue Breeze really was. If they let Winston play that game, we might have a different outlet. Halfway through the season, somebody told me, waiting in line at a while, they said, the Steelers are going to win it all. Well, I had to actually take a look at the Steelers. And, you know, at that time, they were undefeated. So they were worthy of looking at. That last game the Steelers played, I've got to give credit to Ben. The man was crawling out of a hole. Unfortunately, he had a hole through DP Dog. If they didn't have that hole, it might be a whole different playoff picture between that and the Saints game. However, when they went to beat Aaron Rodgers, there was nothing. There was absolutely nothing. I mean, that was just just pure uh, Buccaneers. The Buccaneers were healthy at the end of the year. And if you ever take a look at the picture of Mahomes and you take a picture of Brady, Mahomes is grinning, he's relaxed, Brady looks like he's possessed. Sorry, bud. That's the way I view it. All right, I Derek, mean, that man was determined. 
All right. Thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it, friend. Thank you very much. 855-2124-CBS. Oh, I was definitely wrong about that yesterday or last week. But I'm sure as hell I ain't going to make the same mistake again. I let my – I to, to try to decide to correct myself, to try to be enlightened, to not be stubborn and stupid at the same time, I made a terrible mistake last week. I overcorrected. Totally wrong. Totally 100% wrong. The only thing that gives me any solace whatsoever is that plenty of other people were wrong with me. It makes me feel even worse that Andrew Filipponi follows me after this, and I'm sure he's going to spend the opening 20 minutes just ripping me up one side and down the other. Doesn't make me feel any better, and Connor knows he's going to do it. Can't give him any better advice, though. I know I can give Connor better advice than what, what Pony can. You hear me, Connor? I hear you. You better be, son. Eight five five two one two four CBS. I got all calls on NASA. This is great. Braden in South Carolina, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go. Hey, sir. Uh, I was just kind of wanting to comment um, and kind of play off of what you were talking about. Yeah, I think you made uh, not to misquote you said you know when Dale Senior passed, it was kind of like you know people. A lot of people like to say it was the day the sport died. Um, I have a little bit different road. We're going the same direction. I'm just kind of forking off to the right here. Please. You lost a little bit of a generation of fans. Um, you know, outside of football, you know, it's really – or was for a long time NASCAR was the second sport, especially, you know, um, for me personally. But, you know, when senior passed, um, it was kind of the beginning of the end for where drivers came from to an extent. Now, you always mm-hmm. had people from all over the country. But if you go back and look at some of the top guys – you know, senior was kind of the last cowboy. Um, yeah, make I no agree. mistake about it. I mean, he was he was the true original. Oh yeah. And then you know, after he passed, you know, people thought junior would slide right in. It never came to fruition. You know, he could kind of match the popularity, but like you made a great point, he wasn't quite as polarizing as his mm-hmm. father. Still as popular for whatever reason, name, little bit of success here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You go and look at some of the top drivers now, you look at it, you got, you know, just off the top of my head, a Brad Keselowski from Michigan, uh, Logano from New Hampshire, um, the Bushes from Las Vegas, Harvick from ba- uh, California. Yeah. You know, it kind of started branching out. So I don't know if it was so much that, you know, the sport died as so much as it, the winds shifted in so many words. Yeah, um, but, I think you know, you're right there. And go I ahead, think, go ahead. I mean, you, you kind of look at it, and I'm not going to say it's this last shot, um, but kind of with the big changes last year for the better, um, and kind of they have a new generation of car hopefully coming out that they'll race with next year. Um, yeah. TV's changing. This is, I hate to say they're not their last shot, but they have a good shot here to kind of jump back in the big conversation um, and become stronger as a sport. But they got to capitalize kind of with this next go-round of mm-hmm. uh, kind of renegotiations and everything. But just yeah. just to make a comment, you know, about senior, you know, that was – it's hard to explain, but and I'm only 30, um, so I was youngish. But that was, you know, that was losing the sports Babe Ruth, you know, in, in one big swing, and we were alive for it. Do you know what I mean? Yep. yep. Um, you know, it was, it was. I think it took a lot more people to get over it and kind of find a new way without the, you know, like I said, it's the, hard. The, the, it, yeah, it, it's something it, it that was I hard and, for the sport. And I don't know if anybody, because I, I know the sport was already changing when he, because you look at a guy, he's 49, and Braden, thank you very much for the call. I tell you, you set a fork in the row. I, I, I don't think there's anything there I disagree with whatsoever. 
Because if you look where, where NASCAR was in 2001, and Dale Earnhardt had finished second in standings in 2000, there were, you asked Larry McReynolds, a lot of people, boy, they thought that he, he, they thought he might have a chance at it in 2001. And when that happens, I mean, it's on national television. It's, it's this huge story and the fallout from it. And then you looked where it was already at. It was becoming corporate. It was, there were major companies in there. And, and to be honest, Dale Earnhardt in his, yeah, a ninth grade education, but in a lot of ways, he was his, he was the first of those big businessmen. The, the, the racing champions, merchandise trailers and things like that, his, his signature on everything, the merchandising that he was able to get as well as everybody else, and then where it jumped off so much where a guy like Jeff Gordon brought in a lot of other regular people who were maybe a little bit upper middle class, maybe a little bit uh, from a different part of the country, the California type of look to it. That brought in something different. But when you didn't have... When you didn't have the old style anymore, I think that hurt. And I, there's a lot of sports that they have to de- they have to try to cross these bridges. NASCAR isn't the only one. We talk about Major League Baseball. You have the owners choking the life out of Major League Baseball right now. If you're a baseball fan in New York, things ain't bad. If you're a baseball fan in L.A., things aren't bad. If you're a baseball fan in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, it sucks to be you. And that's the way the owners look at it. And that's not the way they should look at it. It chokes itself out. The NBA, forget about what you may think about player empowerment. They do have problems with being able to buy in to an organization that's in your region that you think you have a chance. And while people are turning away from the NBA and Major League Baseball, they're looking more towards their NFL football teams because I have a belief, at least up until now, we'll see what happens with Watson and everybody and There's a lot of things to be supportive of Deshaun Watson on, but there is a belief that if you have a great player, he's going to be on your team in your city for as long as he's useful to your team. There's no fear in Kansas City that Patrick Mahomes is going anywhere. There shouldn't be any fear in Seattle that Russell Wilson is going anywhere. I know Seattle said that they were perturbed by this. John Schneider and everybody said they were perturbed. Please, don't act like Russell Wilson has never tried to tell you his his worries in the past. That's ridiculous. But Russell Wilson sat there during that Super Bowl, had to go to the game, accepted an award as a great person, as, as a person who's supposed to be a pillar and a role model in society, and then had to sit there and watch Tom Brady win while he was getting his ass handed to him over the last three years, was the only thing keeping everything afloat while that defense tries to recover. And you know what? Yeah, Russell Wilson's a little bit upset about it. And I totally agree with where he's upset about it. But they're the ones that got to get that thing figured out because we can't lose our heads here and trade away Russell Wilson for crying out loud. That's what other sports do. You have to believe in your team, in your region. Because eventually, we will have stadiums again. And the traveling roadshow conversation doesn't work out as well as what some people want you to believe. Certainly not in the NBA. Out of 15 games on a night or a dozen games on a night, there's about two that people are paying attention to and will eventually go to pay money to go see. The other ones, it's just an also, also ran. 855-2124-CBS. Austin in California. Got to go quick, but you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, you got it, brother. I appreciate it, Ken. Great show. I wanted to talk about the word icon that you used earlier with Dale Earnhardt. I'm sorry, America. We're going to talk more NASCAR. Uh, I'm tired of hearing Tom Brady talk, but listen. Go ahead. Uh, he's an he's an icon for a couple reasons. Obviously, one, uh, uh, 
prolifically with his sport, Winston Cup, all of that jazz. But I think he's an icon, most importantly, because of the safety protocols that were set in place after he died. So if you look at concussion, I know that they are apple, they're not apples to apples, but if you look at concussions in football, they changed helmets. Now um, what he called was a noose is now standard protocol. So I think he's an icon for many reasons deeper in the game, so uh, I don't want to get political, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. Thanks, Ken. No, I, uh, Austin, thank you very much for the call. No, about I, I don't know about the, uh, anything as far as politics of what you were saying, but as far as safeties in the sport, yeah. Well, you were talking about after he died, and you're talking about concussions, absolutely. You have it, It's sad to say, but only after major incidences have we seen a lot of sports move and try to make moves for safety and try to make things better. Hockey, I think, has been more proactive about certain things than I thought they would be. I know that we bring up the fighting part all the time, but there there are good arguments for it. There's things that I can't fight against when I hear the arguments for it, but when it comes to the safety and the health, the visors, uh, when it comes to helmets in general, there's a lot of things that they've done, and I think that they've actually been ahead of things. I think baseball at times, I've talked about it with the pitchers, and I know that they say they're going to deaden the baseballs because they're never going to admit that they put juice in the baseballs either because they can't because then they'll get their asses sued off. But there's been problems that they've had where they've had to wait. Baseball's had to wait. Hockey's waited. NASCAR's waited. Football's waited. They've all waited for something real bad to happen before they've made a move on things. I've told you about help and pitchers wearing the John Allerud helmet all the time. We're going to have to wait till something really bad happens before they do something like that. NASCAR, they waited until some, you had two people pass away earlier than that. You had to wait until something horrific happened before you made a bunch of changes. And now we take it for granted, even though, goodness gracious, Ryan Newman nearly lost his life last year, but we almost take it for granted again that, yeah, they'll be fine because it's as protected, they are protected as they've ever been. And now... After that, 20 years later, they're making as many strides as they possibly can to make sure they're still protected. But it took something tragic to learn that lesson. Big thanks to Anthony Pirino. Big thanks to Connor Green, Marco Belletti, Erica Herskowitz. Good luck to you tonight, Connor. Hope you do well, baby. Up next, Andrew Filipponi. I'm Ken Carmen. I hope you guys have a wonderful Valentine's Day weekend. Take care. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.